Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, October the 19th, 2022, and it's Wednesday, man. It's home day. <laughs> it's uh, the week before Thanksgiving. It's an acceptable time to start um, acknowledging Christmas in the, in the Fultz household. Okay. I was just talking to the folks online about when is the acceptable time in your house, in your life, in your realm, in your kingdom, you know, to start maybe pulling out a Christmas decoration or a Christmas mug. I'm drinking out of a Christmas mug this morning because it's a little chillier. You know, don't really have any fall mugs. So it goes from, you know, just generic to Christmas. So since it was a little cooler this morning, I was like, you know, drink out of the Christmas mug. So I was curious what the uh, what the the rule was in in your homes about Christmas decorations. So when is it acceptable to acknowledge the birth of Jesus in your house? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry, I can't yet acknowledge the birth of Jesus. My, my well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what is the acceptable <laughs> What is the acceptable time? Um, but now I respect it. I can respect people who are like, you just hold off, let every every holiday kind of have its moment. I get it. But when it gets a little cool, man, I just get the the uh, the urge for a, a holiday mug. I'm sorry. A hot coffee and a holiday mug. I mean, I uh, just can't help it. So that's what's happening. Cheers. I have to tell you sometime about this mug. This mug has a, Long, long history in the Roland household. So, but today we, uh, the matter at hand, we're reading the Word of God. Yeah. So, we're going to read Psalm 31 today. Psalm 31 and a reading from C.S. Lewis. And, um, see what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So, let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Jeff. Let's, uh, let's see. Psalm 31. Psalm 31 is a little longer, I think, than yesterday's psalm for sure. Yeah, like twice as long. Double. All right, here we go. Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Uh, deliver me in your righteousness. Hmm. So he's basically stating his faith, right? I've taken refuge in the, in you. Let me never be put to shame. Now that's an interesting phrase. This next one: "Deliver me in your righteousness." I think it means something like "out of your righteousness, deliver me." Out of out of the the core of who you are, in uh, you know, put into effect your righteousness, and deliver me. Uh, we know that you are righteous, God. So do, 
do righteousness on my behalf. Do rightness on my behalf. I think we, you know, we all have seasons and situations in life where that's our prayer. God, help me. Do you, Lord, you know the right thing here. <laughs> well, of course he does. He's God. <laughs> but so help the good thing, the right thing come to pass. Help the right thing come to pass in my life. You know, that's actually a very, very, um, when you talk about praying according to the will of God, that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty surefire, uh, bet right there that you are praying according to the will of God. When you say, God, out of your righteousness, work this situation out. And so in terms of like, so out of your rightness, out of your awareness of what is right, out of your holiness and splendor, work this situation out according to it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a good way to pray. Which may mean, you know, which may mean it gets worked out in a totally different way than what I think it should be worked out. Because we, not, we uh, in our own human understanding and perspective, we, we aren't completely righteousness, right? We see things not always from a purely righteous perspective. We see it from a whole bunch of other things, a whole bunch of other filters come into play when we see situations. We see our own anger. We see our we see our own ego. We see our own biases and our own fears. Kind of filter a situation. So when we say God pray, when we pray according to God's will that He would work out a situation in His righteousness, that's pretty good because that's according to His perfect perspective of what should happen. Verse two: Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge a strong fortress to save me. Hmm. We've talked about that before, but often, you know, mountains and rocks and hills are, are likened. Uh, God is likened to those things. God is, God is my rock. He's unmoving. He's, he's, a, he's constant in the face of trial and storms. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's what you need from the Lord today is for him to be your rock, your fortress, a place where you can run, a secure place in a, in a world that's crazy, man. Come on. Where there's a lot of craziness that happens, a lot of sad things happen, little difficult things happen, things we don't understand. We need a, we need a rock. We need a place where we can plant our feet uh, and know that he's got us. Verse 3, since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. So he ain't like your pet rock. <laughs> I never even got that, man. I'll be honest with you. I never even got the idea of a pet rock. That's about, that's about the lamest. I mean, pet rock is what you get your kids when you don't want to get them a pet. <laughs> you know what will get you? I know you want a kitty cat. I know you want a little puppy, but you know what going to get you? I, you know, I love these. Th You're going to love it. We got you a rock. But mama, I can't feed it. I can't walk it. No, it's better than that. You put it on your dresser, and it just sits there. A pet rock. Mm. Yeah. I ain't, yeah, I never got that. Never understood the, the idea of a pet rock. No, it's just a rock. 
<laughs> you can call it a pet rock all you want. It's just a rock. You know what? My, mommy, daddy, I want a pet. We got you a rock. Just don't even don't even put pet rock on there. Cause I ain't. Mm -mm. We got you a rock. Anyway, God ain't like a pet rock. He's he's living and and breathing and moves and guides and leads. And uh, yeah, maybe we need his guidance today. Lord, guide us. Help me to make good decisions. Verse 4, keep me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Here he is again. He's my refuge. Yeah, this is a Psalm of David, who's often uh, under attack and uh, being chased, even by his own sons who wanted the uh, his own son who wanted the throne, right? So protect me, God, from Saul. Saul too, King Saul before David was always after him. He was afraid. He's afraid of him. And, um, you know, that's a good prayer, too. That's kind of similar to Jesus' prayer about lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil, right? Don't let me, you know, the enemy's always trying to set traps, right? He's always trying to set traps to, to get you uh, discouraged, uh, distracted, defeated. And so this is kind of a gen just a gener general prayer. Lord, keep me from the trap that is set for me. Verse 6. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. Wait, I missed one. Verse 5, I'm sorry. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. That sounds familiar. That was one of the final seven final sayings of Jesus from the cross. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Here it came right from Psalm 31. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Verse 6. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on today as we're reading through Psalm 31. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As, as for me, I trust in the Lord. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. You know, there's some honesty here. I mean, I know we're we, we, we supposed to love everybody. You know, I know all that. We, well, we we do, and we do, and we do. We love everybody. We love everybody. We love all them people. But there's some of them getting on my get on our nerves. You know, you know. Can we just be real for a minute? We love everybody, but there's some people you just like. When you gonna learn? When you gonna learn? How long you gonna keep chasing after them worthless idols? Now, I know, I know we were doing the same thing. I get it. I know it. We ain't talking about that right now. <laughs> this ain't about my testimony right now. <laughs> Just as a human being, though, sometimes you, they get on your nerves. You're like, come on. When are you going to wake up? How long, how long are you going to chase them worthless idols? I know you don't hate them in the sense like you want to destroy them, but you, they, they make you mad. They get on your last nerve. It frustrates you. That's what the psalm writer is saying. He's being honest here. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I don't like it. I don't like it when people worship things other than Jesus. Because it's not good for them. 
I want people to know Jesus. I want people to love Jesus. I don't want people chasing after money and power and affluence and whatever else. I know. You don't like we don't like to say that that it gets on our nerves. Because we love everybody, but it does. Sometimes we just gotta say it. That's what I love about Psalms. They just say it. I hate, I hate them. I hate them. I'm gonna tell you right now, I hate them. They don't really hate them. But yeah, I do. Do you really hate them? Yeah, I hate them. But as for me, I can't control everybody else's house. <laughs> and then you always got to come back to the to center, right? I, but then again, I can't, I can't control everybody else. They can run after all the idols they want to run after, too. But as for me and my house, I trust the Lord. As for me, as for the, as for, as for the old boy right here sitting in this chair, I, I'm going to trust the Lord. As for this old boy right here drinking out of this Christmas cup, in the middle of October, I'm going to trust the Lord. Now, some of you are like, I hate people who drink after Christmas cups in October. Now, you can't say that. <laughs> Jesus is watching you. He watching. He watching. He see what you're saying? Anyway, verse 7. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. I like that. That's nice. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction, wow, and knew the anguish of my soul. Man, isn't that good to know that God sees the anguish of your soul? Some of us has gone through some anguish, man. It's gone through some low, low points. Maybe you're walking through one right now. You're not out of it yet. You're like, I'll be honest with you, I'm still in a low, I'm still anguishing, man. Hear what David is saying. He's saying, I was glad and I rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction and you knew, knew the anguish of my soul. Wow. We sing a song about rejoicing in your love. Rejoicing in God's love. We rejoice in God's love. That's a beautiful, you know, you can rejoice in God's love. You can, there's joy that comes from knowing that God is love. He loves you. He sees your anguish. He sees your hurt. He sees your affliction. And he's with you, and he loves you. Verse 8, you have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but you have set my feet in a spacious place. Or I could stretch out. Set my feet in a spacious place. I ain't all cramped. It's not like being on a flight. With two big old boys on each side of you. Big old smelly boys on each side of you. And you're all cramped up. You don't, you don't even know who gets the who gets the elbow rest. Man, that's the hardest thing. People be flopping in on both sides of the of the plane. Of both seats on both sides of it. A and C. You stuck in B. And then you got well, which which elbow what which elbow rest do I get? Why, why I don't get no elbow rest? And then, then you got, you always got the big old boy that gets, he take up A and a half. <laughs> so, so the big old boy, there's some, a big old boy taking up A and a half and you, you stuck with half a B. 
you know, you know what I'm saying. And it's not spacious. Mm -mm. It's not spacious. It's like, man, how did I pick this? Come on, man. There's like 300 people on this plane. How did I get stuck in half and half half a B? And this big old boy taking A and a half right here. You only paid for A. You didn't pay for A and a half. Now you want to you want to reimburse me half my seat because you're taking it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if you could charge people for the half a seat they taken from you? I <laughs> we'll have to go. Um, <laughs> sir, uh, flight attendant, um, I would. I'm requesting a reimbursement for half my seat. No, we don't do that. Well. Yeah, you did. <laughs> because uh big old boy and A had half my seat too. <laughs> so either he owes me uh $150 for his half of my seat, or I'd like a refund. Because I really didn't have a whole seat. I had half a B. Anyway. Anyway. But I'm glad <laughs> the Lord sets our feet in spacious, in a spacious place. Mm -hmm. Verse 9, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. Let's see how we're doing on time here. All right. Uh, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. Hmm. You know how it is, man. When, you, when you're really sad, sad for a long time, man, it, it's hard to eat. It's hard. Your eyes are tired. Your whole body's tired. My life is consumed by anguish, and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Hmm. You know, sometimes that's, that's an emotional affliction, you know, something like depression or sadness or grief, but it could also be a physical anguish, right? You know, a bad knee, for example, or bad, a pinched nerve, for example. Yeah, that's me, man, right now. Let's walk around with a pinched nerve and a lame knee. And it's, I wouldn't say I'm in anguish, but it's, it does affect you. It affects your, affects your, um, your, um, how you feel, not just physically, but emotionally. When you can't do what you want to do and you're just constantly this nagging pain. No more burpees. Amen. Preach it. I'm done with that. So, still waiting on that thing to release. Gets better than it comes back. Moves around. Anyway. It's not about me, guys. It's not about me. Not about me. But, you know, if you want to throw up some prayers for to Jesus about it, I'd be good with it. But, verse 10. Uh, we read that. Uh, verse 11. Because of all my enemies... I am the utter contempt of my neighbors. Wow. Utter to be the utter contempt of your neighbors. And an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. That's how it is, man. When, you, when you're going through a hard time, that's what they're expressing right here. You're going through a hard time, you're not a popular person, or you're hurting, or you're in pain, or you, what people don't know what to do with you. You ever been through that? Going through... A painful time. Sometimes we, some friends don't even know what you do with you. That's how David's feeling. He's like, man, they don't. They, I'm in my anguish, and they like they don't. Even, I'm, I feel like I'm a contempt. 
and the contempt of my neighbors. They dread, my closest friends, they dread looking at me. Verse 12. I'm forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Just used up. Used goods, damaged goods. We say that, right? Now I feel like I'm just damaged goods. Nobody want me. Verse 13. For I hear that many whispering. They're all talking about me. All just, all just talking about me. For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. Man, he ain't having a good time right now. He's struggling. He's talking about a time when it was rough. But I trust in you, Lord, despite all that, despite people not knowing what to do with me and my anguish and my fear and my hurt and my pain, my pinched nerve. <laughs> but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you my, are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies for those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Man, I love that. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Ooh. Man, this verse is, this uh, chapter of Psalm is filled with uh, different characteristics of God, right? His righteousness. He's a rock. His, uh, in, his, in his love. Rejoice in his love. Let your, the face, your face shine on your servant in your unfailing love, your chesed. You could just uh, go through the psalm and just uh, identify the different characteristics of God that are represented here. Um, that idea of the, the face of God shining on us is uh, his presence, right? May his presence go with us, his goodness, and all the things that accompany the presence of God. Let that, let that shine on us today. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you, but let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak errantly, arrogantly against the righteous. Again, now he's angry for the people of God. He's like, yeah, got all these ungodly people speaking mean against the godly people. Get them. Sick them. Sick of Jesus, you know. Some of us like some of us look think Jesus God is like a Doberman Pinscher. Sick of looking, watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. Sick him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of what David's doing right now. Watch him, Lord. Look at him. Watch him. Sick him. No, yeah. Sometimes we don't want to, we really would we really wish God would do that, but that, that's not the way God works. That's the way we work. That's the way we want it to work sometimes. That ain't the way God works. God's God's nice, God's love and, and righteousness. He ain't a Doberman Pinscher. He's not a Doberman. Mm -mm, no. All right. So verse 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you? He has, man. He stored up good things for you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. Oh. Hmm. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Yeah, you gotta, we just got to let God protect us from all that craziness, right? God protect me from the, all, that, all that noise. Verse 21, praise be to the Lord 
for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. When I was in a hard time, city under David was sit, literally in a city under siege. He saw the deliverance of God. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. You Yet, yet, you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Mm. We can all think back at times when that happened. We're crying out to God for mercy. And maybe at first we didn't think he was listening. But then like a wave, man, like a wave of blessing and peace, we sense the presence of God. Yeah. 23, love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud, he pays back in full. Mm. They're going to get theirs, right? You don't be proud because you're going to get yours. You be proud. You be prideful and arrogant. It's going to be coming for you. So we, want, we don't want to be on that. We want to be on the side of the Lord and humble. <laughs> be strong and take heart. All you who hope in the Lord. Man, that's my prayer for you today. Be strong and take heart, every one of you who hope in the Lord. Yeah. All right, let's, re let's see. Uh, we're, we're running a little late, so we're going to have to blast through C.S. Lewis here, uh, which is not easy to do because, you know, it, sometimes he's he, he deep, man. Not sometimes. He's always deep. All right, so this is a, a reading entitled To Stop One Tooth from Aching. This is from the weight of glory. When this is this is from um, uh, the problem of pain. This is different from a different work of his. All right. So to stop one tooth from making, I have no idea what he's going to talk about. What he's going to be talking about. So we'll see if we can figure it out. It may be asked whether, faint as the hope is of abo abolishing war by pacifism, there is any other hope. Hmm. It's like how do you? You know, uh, the hope of actually abolishing war by being uh, by uh, being pacifist seems rather unlikely. <laughs> so, is there any other hope? What else do we do? But the question belongs to a mode of thought which I find quite alien to me. It consists in assuming that the great permanent miseries in human life must be curable if only we can find the right cure. And it then proceeds by elimination and concludes that whatever is left, however unlikely to prove a cure, must nonetheless do so. Hence, the fanaticism with, of Marxists, Freudians, eugenists, spiritualists, Douglasites, federal unionists, vegetarians, and all the rest. But I have received no assurance that, assurance that anything we can do will eradicate suffering. Hmm. Yeah, isn't it true? A lot of these movements that that that's that's the that's the that's the party line is that they're going to somehow eliminate suffering, right? If we become more socialist, if we come become become more Marxist, if we become uh, vegetarians, <laughs> we will somehow eliminate suffering. Hmm. And C.S. Lewis says, you know, uh, our capitalists, right? We can eliminate suffering. He says, but I receive no assurance that anything we can do will eradicate suffering. I think the best results are obtained by people who worked quietly away at limited objectives, such as the abolition of the slave trade, or prison reform, or factory uh, acts, or tuberculosis, not by those who think they can achieve universal justice or health or peace. Wow. He's saying more is done, rather than trying to create this... Uh, 
this grand promise that th this such and such way of life is going to eradicate all suffering. He's like, I don't see that holding much water. But what I do see is that there's, it's much more productive to localize your focus in trying to alleviate suffering. And he gives the example for the example of eliminating the slave trade or prison reform or uh, work, uh, doing things for workers or in health care. I think the art of life consists in tackling each immediate evil as well as what we can. To avert or postpone one particular war by wise policy or to uh, render one particular campaign shorter by strength and skill or less terrible by mercy to the conquered and the, and the civilians is more useful than all the proposals for universal peace that can ever be made. Hmm. He's like the, 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 the moments of compromise that, that, that put war off, the, the work of democracy, the work of uh, reconciliation, the work of peacemaking um, on, a, on, a, on a personal level, on a localized level, is way better, is what he's saying, is way better, way more effective than any claim that doing such and such is going to bring about universal peace and no suffering. Just as the dentist who can stop one toothache has deserved, has deserved better of humanity than all the men who think they have some scheme for, for producing a perfectly healthy race. Wow. <laughs> He's like, the dentist who can remove the one toothache for the one person uh, and give that person some peace has done more for the human race. Than the, than, the, than the grand schemes of uh, those uh, intellectuals or politicians or uh, activists who say, if you just do this, we would have world peace. Yeah, no, they really haven't brought any peace at all. The, the dentist who's working behind the scenes pulling that rotten tooth has done more. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hey, let's pray. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.